Hey there, welcome back to another episode of Quirky HR. I am joined by a listener, which makes me so excited, um, but also an HR guru. We are joined by Jennifer Watson, and we are going to talk about HR in large retail, startup tech, and a lot about investigations. So welcome to Quirky HR. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. So are you are you in Boston? I'm in Nashville. Yeah. Oh, you're in Nashville. Yeah. Oh. Great city oh, I, to be in. I love it. Oh, I next time I go there a lot for work, actually. So next time I'll <gasps> let me we'll know. have to grab coffee. Yeah. Yes, yeah. please. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about how you got into this wacky world of HR. The wacky world that it is. Yeah. So I uh went to school for marketing and was like, you know, I'm gonna run the world and do all the marketing things. And then when I was graduating, um, I found Teach for America. And I thought, well, if I'm ever gonna do something and give back, like let's give it a shot. So I was a teacher for, I did my two-year commitment, did a third year of teaching and then was an administrator and actually was supposed to start a school, which is kind of crazy to think about now. And I thought I'd be in education. I was speaking on a panel about teacher readiness and um, the chief people officer came up and said, I want you to come be a recruiter for me. And I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, I'm, I'm a teacher, you know that, right? And uh, sure enough, six months later, I Thought I'd give that a shot too. And I was with that company nine years. Um, I started as a recruiter, went into a you know business partner, general business partner, supporting over 3,000 employees, uh, moved over and ran the employee relations department. So I had 30 people on my team that did employee relations investigations remotely before remote was a thing um, for three years, supported distribution centers uh, with 800 employees in each. And then I went switched over and uh, got the opportunity to come to a startup tech company and build out the whole dang thing from the ground up, which is what I've always said I wanted to do. So a little bit of a quirky story myself there. Going from starting a school or building a school <laughs> to building an HR department. It's basically like the same thing because you're just schooling exactly. people on things. <laughs> So I want to get into the investigations and the yeah. employee relations stuff um, in a little bit. But before we do, recruiting is a common place that people enter mm-hmm. this industry in. And I hear that question a lot. Like, how do I get into human resources? How do I start in a job without the experience? And so I'm curious from your viewpoint, what are some qualities that you think that you had that they saw in you and that future you know, candidates should have to break into HR? Yeah, I think everybody, the most, the funniest thing I hear is when people say, I want to get into HR because I love people. And I'm like, I, I don't think you know what we do. Like we are the people that nobody wants to talk to. <laughs> so I think having a realistic preview of what HR actually is, is the biggest thing. Like would listen to a bunch of podcasts, do your research. There's so many generalists and specialist positions that you can really do. And it's just important for you to go into it eyes wide open. Because I'll tell you what, I learned along the way. And thank goodness my company took a chance on me. I didn't know anything. I was homegrown, learned all as I went. And I think that you just have to know what you're getting yourself into. But I also think having um, a growth mindset to say, I'm not going to know everything. But what I am going to do is I'm going to work my butt off and I'm going to find those people who do know what they're doing. And I, you better believe that I'm going to be sticking by their side, calling and asking questions. So I think having that learner mentality, going into it to say, I, I don't know, I'll learn as fast as I can. I take feedback well. Um, and, and I think those are the best qualities that you can have. And then 
in any transition from any career, I think it's running towards what scares you is the thing that I always tell people. If it scares you, that's what you need to be doing because you're not good at it and you need to get good at it. So, so go towards that. Have you always been a connector? Like, you know, you blindly reached out to the podcast. So has that always been a quality that you've exhibited? Yeah, I think it sounds so crazy. My dad wasn't military, but I moved around a lot as a kid. And I think I just got used to being the new kid and Mm. talking to anybody. Um, I, I just, I think it's great hearing people's experience and hearing their stories. That's why I started reaching out to podcasts is just to connect with people. I think it's so interesting and it can only better who you are and what you do. Yeah. And I, that's probably why you were so successful doing recruiting is because it's so much about connection and hearing people's work history and learning what gets them excited about their job and what they're looking for. Yeah. And I think people see recruiting as like the gatekeepers, Mm. but I really see it as being honest with candidates. You know, I just did an interview today and I said, Hey, listen, I don't think you're qualified for this role because you've never led a team, but you know, come back. If you, if you ever get that experience, come back, talk to me. I'd love to, you know, I think you have a couple of great qualities that could fit with our company, but you just don't have the right fit. And so I think there's a way to do recruiting also that isn't just like, thanks for your time. No, mm. you know, it's, it's all about your style. Mm-hmm. And that brings up an interesting point too, in terms of you're leaving that candidate with a positive impression of the employer, right? right. Which is really important nowadays. I, and I, I do any company I work for, I see myself as an extension of them because I'm the first person people talk to, or I'm their first meet and greet or, and everybody started a new job. You're nervous. You don't know if you're going to be good at it. You don't know anything about benefits. I mean, heck, I still don't know anything about benefits and trying to figure it out. And so I think it's just so important to, to leave that good impression because we've all been there and you know, I just was there switching jobs. So yeah. So you were leading a team of 20, you said? Uh, when I did employee relations, I was leading a team of 30, actually. Yeah. 30. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about that. It was call center style. No, no, no? it was. So everybody worked remote. This was like back in the day before it was a thing. And so everybody worked from home and we had, they had territories. And so you would have a couple of states and then, you know, people either you would get, you would get it um, reports about, inappropriate conduct, whatever it was from either we had a call center. So the reports would come to you, you know, an employee would call, um, you know, a manager would call, you could get it from any, you could get it from social media. I mean, there were so many ways that they would come in. And then this, the people on my team would actually lead the investigation. So they'd call the initial complaining party. They'd collect as much information as possible, connect all the dots, you know, and then try to come to um, some kind of recommendation again, you know, we partnered with legal a lot and stuff like that, but, um, providing some recommendation to the, to the leaders of where we go with this. I'm really curious because I, I've been asked before as a consultant, like, can you just, um, write my employees up? Can I just pay you to write my employees up? And I say no, because to me, the relationship is so important when you're delivering that type of feedback. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really curious how you fostered that within your team and the people that they were having these conversations with. I think that's the scariest part about HR is no, it, it, it's, it goes back to what I said earlier. I want to get in HR because I love people. Well, you know, holding people accountable is part of helping people. I know it doesn't feel like that, but 
if you are truly their manager, it's your responsibility to give them that feedback to help them be better. So writing them up might feel bad, but you got to own it because you got to manage the fallout after. And so, um, you know, with the teams, I would always say you provide a recommendation and this is how I function too. Like, I'm never going to tell you have to run your business. I'm never going to tell you to fire somebody. I'm going to give you my recommendation. And then I'm going to tell you kind of the consequences of what happens either way you decide to go. And I think that goes with writing up too. You tell me you want to write, you want me to just write somebody up. Well, then how are you going to, are you going to call me every single time they mess up from there on out? How are you going to reinforce it? Yeah. Cause are you going to hire, are you going to pay me every time they call you? Like there's just no way to, and that's kind of how I would help them push back is say, okay, so do role plays, figure out why they're so nervous. Is it the, is it the issue that scares them or is it the person's reaction? Set them up, teach them to fish, teach them how to have that conversation from then on out. So you're not the gatekeeper. Like you don't want to have to pay me every time you want to talk to somebody. That's Mm. crazy. So, yeah, but it is when, hard. It's oh, so it's hard. hard. Well, and I'm curious with your team working remotely, yeah. were you like, did they have a way to connect with the people that they were calling to kind of create that initial trust or did the, yeah. w- I guess I'm curious if the, if the company just had kind of the expectation, like, oh, if if these people call you, they are actually part of this company and you'll want to speak to them. Like what did, what did the structure look like? I think it got harder as like phone scams came about, you know, Mm -hmm. people are like mistrusting. And so we had to get creative. We had to be like, Hey, you know, here's my name. Here's your manager. I know you're in this town. Here's how long you've worked with us. Like giving them some true information. So they know who we are. Cause I, I appreciate them asking. I think it's all about, um, framing it up. I, I would often say when I was doing them, like, Hey, I know you don't know me. I'm with the HR department. My job is to try to figure out what is going on. And I got this allegation and I'm just trying to figure out the truth of the story. Do you have a minute? Can you help me talk to me about what you've seen, what you've heard and, and anything that you think would be important for me to know? Cause again, I'm just, I'm just trying to get to the bottom of it. And I think really starting with that empathetic voice as opposed to this is Jennifer from HR. I need you to talk to me about workplace violence. Like it just, they're people, we're all people and everybody's just trying to figure out what the heck is going on anyway. So, um, I think that's a big part of it. And then I also think with, you know, investing in, in the conversation. So let's say you had that manager who didn't want to write someone up, you walk them through it, call them after, Hey, how'd it go? What'd you, Mm. you know, what'd you think? Did, did you, you know, did they fight back? Like, were you scared? You know, did it go well? I think, and and that shows that you care about them as a person. It takes two minutes. And that's the thing I think that's hard with HR. We all have a million things. Everybody's mm-hmm. got something to do. But if you do those little extra things to build a relationship, it's going to pay off more long-term. Yeah. How did you guys um, reinforce confidentiality working mm. in, you know, in, in such a separate capacity? Yeah. I think the biggest thing is explaining the why. So I would end every call with employees and say like, Hey, you know, we have a, we have no retaliation policy. If you feel like you're being treated differently, you need to call me immediately. Here's my number. And then the person who the allegations were against, if founded or unfounded, like, Hey, these allegations were brought to us because something happened that made someone feel uncomfortable. You cannot treat someone differently. If you do we're going to have to fire you. That's your choice. We will never do anything and, and or retaliate against you, but you can't treat people differently. 
And that includes talking about this conversation because we really value you. We value the people who felt who reported this. And if you ever came about with a concern, I think you would want us to treat you that way too. I, and again, I think it's just taking the extra time to talk through those extra things. Um, but again, there's always the chatty Cathy's. Sure. I, I mean, it's not a perfect science. Let me be clear. You know, suddenly everybody and their mother knows about some investigation and you're playing uh, damage control. But I would say nine times out of 10, it usually it usually goes OK. <laughs> yeah. Or you're called the next person. And they're like, oh, I, I figured you'd be calling. Or I heard I, you'd be I, calling. Oh, that's my favorite. I, I saved your number because I knew you'd be calling me. You're like, oh, God, here we go. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> So we started the conversation offline about leaving an employee feeling whole during an investigation. So can you talk a little bit about that philosophy? Yeah, I think, listen, I'm an HR and I don't like getting calls from HR. I'm like, what did I do? Who did I look at? Did I curse on a call? Like, I mean, and, and this is what I do for a living. I don't think it just, it just makes you feel tense. And so I think making it, personal, like letting them know you're a person. Hey, I'm Jennifer. This is why I'm calling. You know, this is what's going on. You know, you got to ask your hard questions, obviously, sometimes very uncomfortable, especially when there's pictures and text messages involved. (laughs) Uh, Those can get fun. And then I think at the end, it's saying, hey, listen, uh, here's kind of what's going to happen from here. I'm going to finish my investigation. Um, You know, I probably can't tell you what the outcome is, but what I can assure you is if you need anything, I'm here for you. I can assure you that this won't happen again if it's against them or you know, if it's someone you have to hold accountable. Hey, I'm going to loop back with the team. I'll tell you that what happened probably was not the best decision or the most appropriate. I hope you can see that now after our conversation, it made someone feel uncomfortable or whatever the case is. But I think it's just closing the loop. So it's not just thanks for the information. Bye. And then everyone's left like, you feel shell shock. Like, sure. okay, HR just came in and slapped me across the face, and who knows what's even? Gonna, am I going to get another call? Am I not? You know, um, we're all people, and I think remembering that people are trying to do the best they can, and they might not know what they did is wrong. They might not know even what you're calling about, and and so yeah. I think that's really important. That I got that piece of advice very early on in my career. That yeah, it, it was like one of the first things that my professor said in my my HR course, the course that changed my life, yeah. is that that people generally want to do well, mm-hmm. and that you know people when you start to look at your employees that way, mm-hmm. it allows you to look at things from just from a true perspective versus like a cynical perspective. Right. Um, And I think we, I, you know, managers, leaders, business owners, they do not do a good job. And it's hard. I mean, I would be lying if I said there haven't been points where I've been jaded. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, of course someone did that. You know, it's hard. It's hard to keep perspective and just remember that you're talking to people who were raised different, different times, different places, you know? And so it's our job to help them understand what's acceptable and what's not. And if we don't do that, then if they do it again, it's on us. That right. That's that's on us. How can we blame them when we didn't give direct feedback, direct instruction, tell them why it was wrong? Like that's crazy. No one can change their behavior. Mm. And don't get me wrong. You still might have to fire some people. That, that people just make bad decisions, but hopefully they can learn from it, you know? Sure. So with a re- an entirely remote team, yeah. <laughs> um, 
it's crazy. I think some people forget that it was in existence before the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, from an HR perspective, what what is important in having a remote HR team? Yeah. I mean, I remember showing up for my first day with like my little box, like ready to sit at a desk. And they're like, oh no, you work from home. And this was in, gosh, 2013, before it was even a thing. And I was like, wait, what, what does that mean? <laughs> um, you want me to like go at home and work? And and this is crazy. Um, so I think when you're, I think there's a couple things. One, if you are just starting to work from home, you will probably work more than you have ever worked in an office because there's no chit chat, there's no lunches, like going around, you know, catching up on kids. So I think being really intentional, I told everybody I hired, I said, you need a start time. You need an end time and you need a place to put your computer out of sight. And when you shut down, you do not look back at your computer. Like you have got to set boundaries because if you don't, I use the analogy, if you don't fill up your cup outside of work, you can't, you cannot be a person at work that's going to be mm-hmm. empathetic and going to take a breath when people are crazy. Like you've got to have a life. And then I think when you're leaning people, it's being intentional to take that extra minute Hey, how was the how are the kids? How was this? How was that? You know, showing because everybody likes to be invested in. Sure. Um, I think team calls when done right are great. Uh I always started it off. We always started our calls with tell me something good. Mm-hmm. Um, if I don't know if you listen to the Bobby Bone show, love him. And so they do tell me something good. And so I just thought it was a great way for people to connect and share. And then I think over communication, you might think it's the simplest thing. You might think everybody knows what's going on, but if you can, I think the more you can communicate about cases, departments, changes, wins, losses, and creating an environment there, the better. Cause that that's what the call's about. It's not about numbers and, and all mm-hmm. that. Everybody can look at that stuff, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I, it's, it, I say that remote leadership it's it's the same principles of in-person leadership, but just far more intentional. Yes. I love it. That like you, so you don't have to do anything different, but the same way that you would gather your team around, like on the drop of a hat, you then have to make sure that all of your team virtually are included in that. Yeah. And, and so it's it's no different. You just have to be more intentional, which I love because many people manage without intention anyways. So I also think you have to be more authentic as mm. about who you are. I think when you're in an office, it's really easy to turn it on and turn it off. You know, there's literal walls that you know you have a there's rules of engagement there. I think when you're working from home, you you're seeing kids, you're seeing dogs, you're seeing laundry, you're seeing lunch left on the counter. Like there's everything. And so I think being real about who you are is so important because people know when they're fake and nobody wants to work for someone who's doesn't say what's actually going on or sure. talks about their life. I, I think it's, I think you just have to be real, which yeah. I love. I think it's been a great transformation for us. D- is there, is there kind of a threshold for that from an HR perspective? I mean, I always, I had a great chief people officer who said to me, and this was with investigations or interactions. She said, Jennifer, if someone, if the news showed up at your door and replayed what just happened, if you feel good about it and the decision you made, then you're good. If you have questions about it or you get that kind of pit in your stomach, then, then maybe something's happening. 
I have always said, you know, I mean, let's you probably don't need to share about, you know, what you just went to the bathroom with or whatever the case <laughs> is. Like, uh, I don't know, but uh, this, uh, sharing about, hey guys, I'm going to sign off. I got a kid's thing. Like, I think if a leader can do that and show, mm-hmm. like I'm tapping out, my daughter's got to play. Don't, I'll cut Becky back on later. I think that's so much more important than, hey guys, I'm going to be out of, out of pocket for the next hour. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's little things like that. Um, I don't know. I, I, there's always going to be people that push the boundaries and say, well, you told me to be authentic and uh, my authentic self curses everybody out and you know, whatever the case is, but (laughs) uh, yeah, I I think it's an interesting just uh, viewpoint in HR because I think we, we often are relied on to be like we were talking about before, like the stuffy, um, you know, just not approachable. And I, I like people to know that I'm a real human being and I have a dog and this is what gets me excited. And this is what I did this weekend. But I also, I, I worry so much about the oversharing. Oh, I mean, how could you not? I think I always err on the other side. I'm like, oh my gosh, should I have shown up with dirty hair and said, oh, (laughs) I haven't gotten a shower today. You know, I think that's just the risk aversion side. But I think, um, I think if people have had good leaders that model it, they're generally mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. I think. But the the overshares will always come out. I mean, it's like the people bad managers. You always sure. figure them out. There's a little collateral damage. Yes, you got to do some work to figure it out. But they always you always figure out who they're bad managers. You know, so mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I, I it's always something. In, yes, it, in the back of your mind. Can, yeah, you're like, oh, okay, maybe we shouldn't <laughs> talk about that, but. Yeah. Too much information, too much information. Am I? <laughs> um, you were talking before about how, you know, don't get into HR if you truly love people. Do you, <laughs> do you, do you have any stories or an experience from when you were managing the employee relations side of things that just either like restored your faith in employees mm-hmm. or reinforced, you know, that, that we do see some of the worst stuff? Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's all, I think that's the hard part about HR is you always see the bad. Yeah. So I think it's our job to intentionally create the good and go seek it out. You know, you got to have the coffee, you got to have, you know, tell people, I tell people about my kids all the time. Cause it's the one, it makes me happy and it's the good side of life. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I think you got to purposely go out of your way to do it sometimes. Mm. Um, I also think that, again, people are, if you look for the good, it's always there. Yeah. There will always be people doing the right thing. And I think it's so interesting because recognition programs and all that is the buzzword. And let's, let's do all these crazy things. But do you know how far a thank you goes? Like, people just want to thank you. People just want to know that they're appreciated and cared about. And I think that stuff's the good stuff. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm making it too simple, but. No, I I don't. I think, you know, I say to people all the time, like, do you thank your employees? And they say yes. And then they, I ask them, what do you thank them for? Because Mm. their, their philosophy is, oh, I thank them when they come in and I thank them when they leave for the day. But it's, if you take a minute and actually thank them for something specific for like a contribution that they made or a kind word that they said, or, you know, driving to work in the snowstorm, like thanking them for an action that actually happened reinforces those positive things. 
Yeah. I couldn't. And, yeah. and even, you know, acknowledging things that they've told you, you know, like, Hey, I know you're having a tough time right now. I appreciate you showing up with a mm-hmm. smile on your face. That's probably mm-hmm. the hardest thing you've done in a long time. Yeah. Like, it, I just think it's, you know, you don't, I, I truly believe that if you act like if managers and HR people acted like they were real people and acted like they were humans, it would make things a lot easier. We're not I robots. Know. Yet, yet, yet (laughs) until the Jetsons come and then we're all in trouble. Yes. (laughs) So, all right. You made a big career change where you are now running and building the HR program at a a tech startup. Tell me about that experience of, can you know, people who don't, didn't think they needed HR. Now they need HR. What was that like? Yeah. Yeah. So we did have a company that was our employer of record. And so there was some, there was structure, there was, you know, they did benefits and all that good stuff. But um, it's so funny when you go from a company that has 200 HR people and you, that's all, you know, is that you have a network, you can call people, you can get resources. And then you become this one person show. You're like, Oh, oh, I'm I'm the one figuring that part out. And you're doing everything from employee relations investigations to cop strategy to benefits negotiations. It's just, it's it's so fun. Um, it's just it's a it's very challenging because you have you have to figure out how to manage your time to stay focused on a task. Like sure. If otherwise you're just putting out fires all day and it's the same with any job, you're just putting out fires all day as opposed to working on that project that, you know, you really should be working on. Mm -hmm. Um, and you're doing everything. So everybody needs you at every moment of the day. And so, you know, there's times when I'm like, I'm going dark for an hour. I really got to get this comp strategy put together, or we have performance reviews coming up. I really have to figure out the system and I've never been in it before. So Mm -hmm. it's been it's been really interesting. It's been so fun though. I mean, I don't know. You- and I, I feel lucky that I got with a company that's like, great. I mean, who can honestly say that they love HR coming in? <laughs> I, I mean, not many, not, not many. many. Um, it is, have you learned just how figure outable everything is? Everything, mm-hmm. everything is figure outable. I also think I've learned, well, I I've always kind of functioned like this. I am not afraid to ask questions. I am not afraid to say I don't know. I'll be the first to say, like, I don't know anything about benefits. I call my dad to help me sign up for him, and I'm in HR, and that's okay. Like, okay, it's all right to not know. There's plenty of smart people in this world, and surround yourself with them. Find someone who's better than you, and don't take that as like a competition. That's how you're gonna get it done. So, that's how you learn. Yes, yeah, that's how you learn. Oh goodness, is, yeah. So, so much good stuff. Um, where can people connect with you if they want to stay in touch and hear more about your adventures in HR? Yeah, reach out to me on LinkedIn. That's usually I'm on there all the time. So that's the best way to get a hold of me. Um, it's Jennifer Watson. Main name is Newville, N-E-U-V-I-L-L-E, if you search me that way. Um, but I'd love to hear from you. And if there's anything I can do, I got nothing to sell. So I'm just here to help. <laughs> just create creating a community of solo HR people. Yes. All of us coming together. That would be, that's incredible. So Jennifer, thank you so much for being on the podcast. 